Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and today I have fellow Springsteen podcasters with me. I am giggling like a kid at Christmas. When I started this podcast, I searched and tried to find other Springsteen podcasts, and there wasn't a lot out there. And I still routinely check mostly to see where I'm ranking, like on iTunes. If you go Bruce Springsteen podcast, oh, I'm at 30. Okay, maybe I can get up higher. And I went, Bruce Springsteen sings the alphabet. Is this something from Sesame Street? And no. It is a brand new podcast, and we're going to talk about it, but I have Rob and JB with me. Welcome, guys. Hey there, Jesse. How are you? Hey, how you doing? Jesse, Thanks I got to say, it's it's really exciting to finally meet the great Reverend Jesse Jackson. You're not at all what I expected, but uh, <laughs> it, it is an honor to meet a fellow reverend. I, I look different than I do on TV. You do. It's, a, um, it's you're used to seeing me on a black and white set. I, I I had no idea how different a, a camera could make a person. Absolutely. Yeah. We're going to talk about Bruce Springsteen, Scenes the Alphabet, uh, though I, I don't know the exact title of the podcast, but that's how we've been joking about it. Uh, but I want to start out with, uh, why don't we start out with JB first. Tell me a little bit about where you grew up, what kind of music you liked, and then we'll turn it over to Rob. All right. Um, so I spent the first little bit of my childhood in East Texas. Okay. Um, not too far from you guys, and uh, listen to just a lot of good old Texas country music. <laughs> uh, the old stuff back before country started going, you know, down downhill real fast, <laughs> real fast. Uh, I so we uh, had a little farm outside of uh, Longview in a little town called Hallsville. Okay, it's you're like, kidding me. No, off Highway 80. We had a big red barn off Highway 80. I've been doing this podcast with you for a while now. I had no idea. I okay, you and I should talk Hallsville after we get off the podcast. All right, <laughs> I will talk Hallsville with you all day long. Awesome. I listened to like George Strait and Clint Black. Clint Black had this song about like being six feet underground, like putting somebody six feet underground. And that was before I realized that that meant like killing someone. I, I didn't realize that meant like, you know, that's, I didn't realize that's how far you buried a casket. I just thought that was so cool. Like, I'm going to hit like, you so hard. He was like, I've got, a, I've got a basement and it's six feet lower <laughs> than the ground level of my house. Yeah, I just thought that was so cool when I was a kid. And growing up in East Texas, there are no basements. So you're like, oh, wow. Right, right. And there's none in Mississippi either. I've yet to live in a, like, a place where there are basements. Yes. It's pretty great when a tornado comes through. I'm, just, I'm not going to lie. Right. So then we moved to Mississippi where everybody listened to like, really bad country music. And country music just started going downhill really fast. And I got really into what my friends called Tony Hawk Pro Skater music. It was with my old roommate in college. He's go turn off your Tony Hawk Pro Skater music. But my dad always listened to like Top 40 and then also classic rock. So I got like a good mix of like Sheryl Crow and also Dire Straits. JB, when good. when did you graduate from high school? Oh, two, 2006. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm a young buck. I graduated I in 1977, just just to give you perspective. Okay. <laughs> That's cool, yeah. All right. I remember I remember 70, yeah, the 70s. Uh, well, <laughs> but my dad would um, he took me to Aerosmith and Stunto Pilots. It's like my first. Uh, concert in Nashville okay. and I just started playing bass and was just oh I was just into it just like this whole classic rock thing there's something more to it so I was always in I was always in these sort of rock bands and metal bands punk bands but I was always wanting to bring uh this bigger I always like to do three-piece bands so I could play bass like like the DeLeo brothers you know okay. just like really filling up space um and that was something I was really into. And so then as I got older, I, I uh, sort of moved into, there's a really cool indie blues, uh, gothic, southern gothic rock. Not like wear black, uh, like eyeliner goth, but just like William Faulkner gothic rock. Okay. <laughs> it's how I explain it to people. So I really got into stuff like that uh, when I was in college uh, in Oxford, Mississippi. There's a really uh, rich art and music scene there. So I've been kind of all over the place. I listen okay. to... Uh, funk and jazz and acoustic and Bruce Springsteen today. So. All right. Rob, how about you? Uh, I grew up I grew up in rural Oklahoma. I grew up in a town about 1,100 people, and country music was pretty much like it was the soundtrack of the town that I sure. grew up in. But I, um, the, the first music that I really loved it was when I was a kid. I was really like nine years old, and I really loved Buddy Holly. Um, okay. And then I, once I became a teenager, growing up in a small town, if you listen to our podcast, you know I'm a pastor, and I grew up in a church, and so I listened to a lot of Christian rock as a kid, and so, or as no, a, so as much Christian rock, so much, so much. So I mean, we, 
I grew up in a Southern Baptist home. Yeah. I, I converted to Catholicism when I started dating my wife. And what I find ironic is I have now been Catholic longer than I was Baptist. But I tell you what, you throw that Alan Jackson CD with those traditional hymns, I know every word I can sing. I only I know barely a tenth of the songs in the Catholic hymn book I, because I guess they just don't <laughs> sing them over and over again. Yeah, but, and that Southern man, that Southern Baptist doesn't leave you. No, it doesn't. It, doesn't. it, it and, gets um, way down in there. It, yes. it, it'll be with you if you ever lose your mind. Those those songs will be the last thing you, yeah. that you mm-hmm. forget. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, I, I grew up or in in junior high and high school. I spent a lot of time with my youth ministry friends, all listening to lots of Christian rock, and then. I uh, I got to go to a, to see Aer- I mean JB it's funny you mentioned Aerosmith um, I when I was 16 I got I went to see Aerosmith for the very first time it was the first non Christian concert I went to and it really kind of blew my mind because <laughs> I was like oh wow this is so much better than like <laughs> th- those like newsboys concerts I've been t- I've been going to what did you think about the people around you at the Aerosmith concert I will never forget it there was a guy he was probably he's older than my dad and so he would have been I mean he would have probably been in his 50s or 60s at that point he had it was the very first time in my life I was around that much drugs yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a, I vividly remember going, Dad, what's that? And he goes, yeah. oh, that's lesbians. And then I went, Dad, what's that? And he went, oh, that's marijuana. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was uh, – and so, yeah, there was a guy sitting right in front of us who was smoking the whole time. And it was in, this was in Oklahoma City. And it was – I mean, it was my first non – again, non-Christian rock concert that I, I I went to with, like, real, like, friends and not just, like, my youth group. Yeah. And I, it blew my mind. I loved Aerosmith. Like, I, I spent the whole rest of my um, adolescence just devouring Aerosmith. So I didn't even realize that about you, J- JB. In fact, the opening act for that at that Aerosmith show was in 1997, and the opening act was a band called Talk Show – which was Stone Temple Pilots minus Scott Weiland. Ah, so, yeah, the Delios, man. Yeah, and, man, basically. So good. And so, Rob, when did you graduate high school? I graduated in two thousand. Okay. So much earlier than JB did. Yes. Uh, so okay. so much. <laughs> yes, so hey, much. What were those? Uh, what were those? What were your heavy rotation Christian rock bands? Well, third day. If you, in fact, if you listen to our most recent episode, as we're recording this, the, the one that we just put out, uh, I listened to a lot of Third Day, and um, it doesn't hold up as well as I wish it did. And uh, and so, any, I've been to seminary since then, and I know like that ain't right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and uh, so I, I really loved uh, Jars of Clay. They put a record out a couple years ago that was mind blowingly. Was it good? Yeah, I've kind of. I feel bad. I kind of have by just based on principle and like my own version of like my own image of myself being way too cool to listen to Christian rock anymore. I haven't gone back to listen to it. But just today, it's funny. I was writing in my iTunes shuffled into some jars of clay, and I was like, "Holy smokes, these songs are still pretty good." Yeah, I cannot say that about a lot of those bands, but um, like Skillet, but jars of clay holds up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, also, yeah. What was another band that that doesn't the the Supertones? You remember all the ska? OC Supertones. OC Supertones. So much ska. So there was so much ska. Yeah. So so that that Aerosmith show was kind of the, my gateway drug, and I started listening to a lot of uh, Pearl Jam, REM, Counting Crows, a, a lot of stuff that would generally be considered like '90s alt rock kinds of music. So that was that was adolescence through college. Were your parents concerned that you were listening to? "Quote unquote," as I make air quotes that only two two <laughs> could see, devil's music. Um, my my dad was way cooler about it than you would have thought. Okay, he would have been. Um, in in fact, uh, I had a I had a friend who whose parents were really not okay with yeah. that, and my dad kind of like talked to my friend's parents and was like, "It's fine, let them go see the Aerosmith show. They'll be glad. Like it'll be like they're not going to start worshiping the devil, right? <laughs> because they drove to Oklahoma City one night to Little home. did they know. Yeah." yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's funny is my, that friend of mine also works at a church now, so we're we're fine, you know. Super good. Yeah, yeah. So my mom called it secular secular music. We we she was we it was allowed, but it was frowned upon. Yeah, I'm I'm living in a house that still bumps the Amy Grant Christmas special every Christmas all the way through, and it's hey, it's a great record. It's, as far as Christmas albums go, it's all right. It's pretty. It was weird in my house because my I grew up in a household that believed that one sip of alcohol the next step is you were homeless in a ditch you yep. know i've lost everything you know i is mean that not it, the next step yeah it was the next <laughs> step i just grew up not drinking and then by the time i was in high school it became part of my shtick that i was a non-drinker yeah um so when i started dating linda you know at first she didn't trust me he doesn't drink 
What's wrong with this guy? Oh, she thought you're like a sociopath. What yes, kind of or something. <laughs> so she now has said, we've been married over 30 years. And she's like, I love having a designated driver. Um, I have now, um, I will have an occasional uh, adult beverage. And uh, what was funny, and this does tie to Bruce, is in 2012, Bruce was coming nowhere close during the Wrecking Ball tour. We had not gone on a vacation, just her and I, in years. You know, we have a son and we'd go with other couples. And so we decided we wanted to take a vacation together. So she and I got in the car. We drove up to Kentucky, did a little, some bourbon, some of the bourbon distilleries. And I smell it, put my tongue in it, and then hand her the sample. We went up to Cleveland, saw him. Bruce did the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, came back, did the other distilleries, and came home. And we called it our Bruce and Bourbon tour. That's a great idea. <laughs> it was yeah. a great idea. And so later that fall, when he came back from Europe, <laughs> when he came back from Europe, I said, hey, Linda, he's going to play in Louisville. Buy the ticket. <laughs> so we ended up <laughs> seeing him twice in 2012. So she connects Bruce to Bourbon, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, right? Very cool. American. Exactly. Was that, was that a good tour to have seen in multiple places? I mean, as if there's a bad I mean, as, as if it's bad to ever see Bruce more than once. I really liked the Wrecking Ball CD. I'm, I think it's kind of cool the way you guys are doing this. And so I, let's go ahead and stop. For those of you who haven't checked out, we're going to skip ahead in the agenda. Tell me what you guys' podcast is, and then we'll kind of get back on track later. But as we talk about this, I want them to understand. All right. Well, in one sentence or less, it's basically our podcast, Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet is a song-by-song alphabetical exploration of every Bruce Springsteen song. So we started with the, with the song 30 Days Out because we're doing alphanumerical, and we're going to go all the way until we get to zero and Blind Terry. So uh, The well-known, the well uh, much-played 30, day, 30 Days Out. That's right. The, we, we, we uncovered a gem with that one. Right? How long is it going to take you to get through all these? Uh, th- at this rate, it's going to take about two and a half years. That yeah. is nothing wrong with that. That's when we realized like how big of a commitment it was. I was like, man, I can't wait to do We Take Care of Our Own. And Rob goes, we'll do it next year. <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh, man. Yeah, my kids will be much older by the time we get through the end. Well, and that's that's not even counting the new album that we're going to have to somehow adjust for as we, as it comes out. You know? Yeah. The, for sure. Uh, have you guys... Bruce is out to sabotage us. He doesn't like what we're doing. He's way too prolific. I mean, that's the beauty of the Beatles podcast. Is like those guys aren't doing anything. Yeah, good. that's no, it's no. it. Like they're out. Hey, uh-huh. man, too soon. Oh, wow. Okay. Not- <laughs> yeah, too soon. Just, there's two living Beatles, and they're not ever going to work together. I'll tell you Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like I don't know what we'll do. I, I I do. It's just it's a pain. It's a pain in the rear. The fact that we're going to have to like readjust when when the new album comes out. Small t- small price to pay for a new so album. So will you? Will you just sort in and like you'll if there's like hey Bruce start everything with a T? Yeah, we talked about that. That was the first plan, but it, we're gonna have to probably go plan B. He's not returning my phone calls. Yes, absolutely. We're gonna alphabetize it all under the new album yeah, song. Yeah, right. exactly. All right. And so what's interesting about this is instead of discussing the album, you're doing individual tracks. So yeah. you you. But Which you is also really difficult. It is difficult. It is, and yeah. and I think I, I admire you because it, it's easier to look at an album as a whole. You just well, one track and you guys do talk about in context of the album. So I think the Wrecking Ball is a really good album. I the couple of songs I don't care for as much, but I think it was really impressive that that far in his career he's doing an album that he's trying to say something. Whether you agree yeah. with his politics or not, he's out there trying to say something and to make things. So, yes, it was a very good tour. It was the first tour without Clarence. And so mm-hmm. that was when they first started doing 10th Avenue Freeze Out. And they, you know, would stop all the music. and With the moment you know, of silence. Yeah, and then they would show yeah. pictures. And so, yeah, it was a really good show to see. I caught one stop on that tour, and it was mind-blowing. It was so good. Because, like you're saying, I mean, there, there was the question of, like, it's not Clarence. What, you yeah. know, what, what's it going to be like? And I was, I, I mean, Jake, I mean, I, I realize this is not a controversial thing to say at all, but Jake yeah. is amazing. You know, he's such a great musician. So tell me how you found Bruce, and then we'll get into why you guys decided to podcast. But um, JB, we'll start with you. What's your first awareness of Bruce and maybe a little bit of your Bruce journey? 
obviously didn't get into like really great music early. I was listening to a lot of Christian rock, pop punk, metal, tons of metal, so much metal. <laughs> um, and but I've always consumed music in a methodical way. Like if you put out a song that wasn't a good record, I didn't listen to it. Um, and so at a point, I started working at a newspaper in Memphis, right outside of Memphis, in a little town called Hernando. And um, uh, I would sit at my desk all day, um, and I worked with – there was no one within probably eight years of my age or so. So it was a little tough to start fitting in early, so I, I would just sit there with my headphones in and just listen to music all day. And I uh, love to listen to whole records, so I did um, – the Beatles, I realized one day that I hadn't listened to the whole Beatles catalog. And so I was like, that'll be, you know, what? That won't take long. And it did. Uh, and it was and it was great. And then I listened to uh, Zep. I did their whole discography. And then I did it again because it really meant something. Uh, just John Bonham. I was playing in a band that just re I really needed to hear a lot of, um, of um, John Paul Jones at the time. Uh, and so then I'm kind of looking like, what's the next thing I'm going to do? What's the next thing I'm going to take on? And somebody had mentioned Bruce Springsteen and I, I had mentioned that I wasn't super familiar with him and, uh, and they got real offended. <laughs> so I put it on the list and I, and I burned right through his whole discography and his was one that I kind of did again. Uh, I didn't do the whole thing, but I picked up some, some stuff. And so you started with his first album and just, that's how I read like if I've, you know, I have mm -hmm. to start at the beginning of a series or and, and kind of kind of read them in order, do that with TV yeah. shows. It's hard for me to like I've got to get the earlier seasons and kind of watch it. So is that how you listen to Bruce starting? That is that is how I do everything in my life. <laughs> my wife, when we got married, she's like, I thought you were normal. Um, <laughs> but I had like somebody had said something about a, a Star Wars comic book. That was, this is back when, before, for anyone who reads, because Star Wars comic books, Marvel just started rewriting them a couple of years ago, yeah. but before that, Dark Horse had been writing them for like 20 years. And uh, I was like, oh, I really want to read that comic book. I guess I better get started. <laughs> just like <laughs> reading decades worth of comic books, just so I could read this like one issue. And that's how I do uh, really anything. So um, that you're, was... I was going to say, so you're like a serial completist. Like you, oh, you go well, all the way seen, in. You've seen my Evernote. I have. <laughs> it's... It's, it's pretty, sickening. It's pretty methodical. I'm not going to lie. I keep a list of everything I'm planning to consume and everything I have consumed, like in order of consumption, and I consume it in order of production. And it, it hurts, but it's the way I have to do it. <laughs> so I have a real good friend, actually, Sam, who's, I just mentioned earlier, that's the Springsteen and Dylan fan. And he never watched the final season of Angel. And I was like, oh, you need to see the final season of Angel. It's amazing. And he's like, he picked it up and he watched two episodes. It's like, I'm not getting the context. He says, <laughs> I need to start. I said, wait a minute. To watch this final season, you're going to watch you all seven seasons of Buffy and um, the four seasons of Angel to get to this final season. Yes. You respect that? Oh, for sure. I had, I had a friend the other day uh, or a couple months ago say, hey, he was having a tough week. And he goes, hey, I want to go watch the new Mission Impossible movie uh, Friday. And I was like, have I seen all the other ones? Like, I know I saw the first one when I was really young and, and so I watched all of them that week wow. <laughs> you okay. know yeah and, and that's for like a block that's for a summer blockbuster that I really could have gone into without any context yes you could have oh, <laughs> I love that but uh at the time I was not procuring my music I was on a lowly newspaper uh cub reporter salary so I was not procuring yeah. my music uh in the most uh above board fashion so I had downloaded this like super bootleg uh, I don't know if it was the one I got or if it was the way it went onto my iPhone, but it was just, it was like this weird mashup of, um, I wrote down which albums it was somewhere on here. It was like, uh, it was The Wild, The Innocent, uh, Asbury Park, and Born to Run. It was this weird mashup of them all in this okay. weird order. That was my first exposure to it before I went back and corrected it. And so I thought that some of, like, some of those cuts were just the first record for a little okay. bit. And I would drive into Memphis on the weekends to see my friends drink some beers. And there was this stack, the, kind of this interstate stack, I-50 and 240, um, where they come together. And uh, 55, sorry, and 240, where they come together. And it's just, so it's always sort of traffic, but it kind of flows like a roller coaster through the city. The only part of Memphis that really looks like a big city. 
Uh, so it's kind of misleading because it's the public park you go through. The rest of the city's pretty flat and covered in trees. But I would have my sunroof open and I would just be blasting 10th Avenue Freeze Out and uh, the East Street Shuffle and Born to Run. Oh, every time I left that city, I would have Born to Run on. <laughs> just like <laughs> Memphis in my taillights. <laughs> Very nice. All right, Rob, so how that's about how you? I came to him. Okay, how about you, Rob? Uh, how did I discover Bruce? Yes. I, um, well, I mean, growing up in rural Oklahoma was, that is a Bruce free zone. Like there is, there is no, in fact, Springsteen has played literally three concerts in his entire career in the state of Oklahoma. I mean, there's going to be a fourth one soon. I am going uh, to Oklahoma city with my son for the first time. He's never seen Bruce and he was just over tonight and he's excited to go with me. That's really exciting. Actually, I'm, I'm going with my dad as well. So uh, we're going to see you there. Yeah. Okay. So, and my dad is not a fan either. Like, I grew up totally void of any sort of Springsteen, but I knew I, I, I knew several of his band members from other stuff, but not connecting them to Springsteen. You know, like I knew Max Weinberg from Conan O'Brien. I right. knew Little Little Steven from The Sopranos. You know, <laughs> and so, um, so I, I didn't really know the music that well. But then there was one day, and I'm, uh, like I said before, I'm a pastor, and so several years ago, I guess in 2007, I was preparing to do a funeral, and I was really I was really worried about how that was going to go. There's a funeral for a 19-year-old kid who mm. died. He he you know, he was driving too fast and he skid off a bridge. And so and so I was getting ready to do this funeral. And so I was sitting in my apartment because the funeral was like at 10 in the morning and I'd woken up super early to get ready and start thinking over like what do you say at a funeral for a 19-year-old? And so I just turned on my TV just so I could have some sort of noise on while I was getting dressed. Uh, it was the day that Bruce was playing the Today Show to promote the Magic album and they were like out in Rockefeller Center and so he was just about to go on. And the first thing I thought was like, hey, that's my- Max Weinberg from Conan O'Brien. And, uh, <laughs> and so I was like, I'll, I'll see what this is. And then it turned out to be Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. And so they um, – and I mean I was pretty wide open at that point because I was – emotionally I was preparing myself for something that was pretty horrific. And so um, and so I kind of locked in on – I mean, you know, Bruce, he's a, you know, he's a gospel preacher in a lot of ways. And so like he gets yes. up and he – and he does uh, The Promised Land. He does Radio Nowhere. He does uh, Living in the Future. And, like, the whole time I'm, like, sucked right in. And if I had seen that on any other day, I don't know if it would have connected with me like it did. But because my mind was in that exact spot, I was really open to that. And I really loved all those songs that he, he played. I, I didn't know any of those songs. And so as soon as the funeral was over, I went to uh, Borders Bookstore. May they rest in peace. Yes. And, um, and I, bought, I bought a bunch of Bruce Springsteen music. And that was that was sort of the beginning for me. So Magic was really the first full album that I really dug into. So and then he he went on tour, you know, and he he came to Dallas. And this is before I was married or had kids. And so I was going to every live show that I could get my hands on. Right. So like this this legend of rock and roll is coming to town. I need to go. And so by the time he was done with like the fourth set or the fourth song in that set, I was like, this is my favorite band. Like right now, I I look back on that was like a life changing thing for me going to that show. It was the 2008 Magic show in April yeah. year. So. Were you, I assume you were there. I was. Um, and the joke is there's two kinds of people. There's people that see Bruce live and go, oh, that was a good show. And then people go, oh, my goodness, I want to sell everything I own and go see this guy every time he performs. Yeah. And I was the second. As was I. My wife was not, though. She was at that show. Yeah. And I mean, she, she, she'll even say, like, I don't love the music, but it was a good show. You know. And, and, and that's what when Linda, when we went up to Louisville and, you know, Cleveland, she said – because uh, we studied beforehand. She she had listened to the songs, and so she did give me a hard time. You didn't mm-hmm. play this one. Okay, Linda. <laughs> he only does the same thing, you know, 40%, 50%. The other half, who knows? Yeah. Um, and Linda says, he didn't change my life, but he did change my live music life. She goes, ah. I now hold everyone else to a different standard. She goes, and, you know, we love James Taylor and – brad paisley and other things but she's like you know it's a 90 minute show that's the same thing every night yeah and bruce just totally changes your perspective um jb how many times have you seen him perform i actually am about to see bruce for my first time yay what show what show are you going to i'm going to dallas okay nice when he announced dallas i was like i'm going and my wife's from dallas i said you all right we have to go and she said, oh, I've got – she's she's finished up nursing school, and she's got so much just, like, job stuff that week. She goes, I can't do it. And I said, are you going to be mad at me if I go to <laughs> Dallas and hang out with your folks and watch Bruce without you? She was like, a little bit. 
and I said, okay, I can do that. <laughs> okay, I can just a little bit. I'll take a, I'll take a little bit of. I can yeah, deal with that. Shade. I can take it. Yeah. But she's she's good. She afterwards she was like, that's totally fine. And she goes, you know, it's the Texas Rangers uh, home opener the night before too, right? You're going to that too. And I was like, I have to go. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't know that, but yeah. In the well, week. What, hey, but I wanted to say, yeah, uh, Robbie, you reminded me earlier. Um, just you'd ask when our first exposure to Bruce was, and I talked about my listen through. But you reminded me, Rob, about your TV experience. One of the, like the most life changing, uh, musically life changing performance I've ever seen. I was me and my roommate got into the stage where we just DVR'd everything in college. Yeah. Just we had just gotten DVR. Yeah. We were just basically just DVR and T. We were like record TV today. Yeah. Um, and I had seen the HBO Hall of Fame induction. Um, uh, ceremony concert right. was on my DVR one day. And at the time, someone had just showed me and they said, do you like John Mayer? And I was like, no, I don't like that guy. I run through the halls of my high school. That's stupid. And showed me his blues, <laughs> like showed me his blues record and all of his just guitar stuff. And I, I had my mind blown. So I saw that he was doing some blues stuff um, in that 2009 uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremony performance. Is this ringing a bell for either of you? That, yeah. Have you all seen this? He did yeah, the night with the Jersey Devil. It was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he did. Uh, he did Ghost of Tom Joad, London Calling, Badlands. He did it with Tom Morello. They were trading guitar solos. I was really into Tom Morello at the time. Hadn't really gotten into Bruce Springsteen. And Tom's doing all this over under guitar. So he does this thing where he hits a note with his hand under the guitar and then pulls his hand out over the guitar and hits another note. And he does it back like while he does his whole solo. And it's amazing. The over under is what people call it. I think that's what I call it. Um, <laughs> And so him and Bruce are trading guitar solos and he does this thing and just kind of tosses it back over to Bruce. And I'm thinking, you know, this, solo, this, you know, I've heard Bruce Springsteen before, but I hadn't like seen him in a long time. Yeah. I just assumed he's an old guy. And, no, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and he just grabbed this one note on that yellow Telecaster and just plays it. So, I mean, he solos up to it. He runs up to it and just grabs this one note and just, I mean, played this note more purely than anyone's ever played a note on a guitar before yeah. and just bends it until the vein on his neck is popping out. And just, I, I mean, that moment I was like, I'm going to join a classic rock band. I'm going to buy a yellow Telecaster. Uh, that's, that's it from here on out. Telecasters like that's I'm playing that guitar and yeah. I'm going to listen to this guy. And so that was, I, I lied when I said that my listen through was my first real exposure. No, no, no. That no was that's a I great story. Bruce was my, my guy. I've gone back and watched that performance. Is that and that whole thing was amazing. Like Sting played with, uh, with um, who did he play with? Is it the Stones? Or no, the next year the Stones and Fergie did it something. Yeah, they did. Uh, that's right. What, what, uh, yeah, Bruce did several things with. Like I remember, didn't he come back out with U two and do yeah. uh, because yeah. of the night with U two and Patty Smith? That was yeah. Awesome. And uh, down south, we say someone. Um, one of the worst insults you can give is he forgot where he came from. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Bruce, I don't think has ever forgotten where he came from. No, he right. won't let anybody forget where he came from. How many times do you hear the words New Jersey yeah. in, in his body of work? But I also yeah. think, and not just, but he remembers being poor and he remembers yeah, who right. came before him and, and that kind of, that musical roots that, helped him become what he is and so absolutely in mississippi we say uh boy did you forget your raisin yes absolutely <laughs> and uh he did not forget his raisin yes i don't know though i mean he's got a lot of stuff like, he's got a house full of rembrandts he does he's got he's a pound of caviar seven channels he has a huge cable bag <laughs> he's got he's got a lot of things I think. yes he so, does i wonder if and, that song was basically him saying like maybe i want to forget where i came from and I, little steven said you don't need to forget where you little came Stephen from. Gave him a backhanded slap and yes said, he yeah. Quitting the band for the third time. I stand with little Steven. <laughs> Another thing I love, a few years ago, they were doing the U.S. Equestrian, was doing a fundraiser, and Bruce gave away a signed guitar and backstage passes, and someone said, this is Bruce's version of buying a case of Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> you know, he's the <laughs> dad that, okay, let me help the truth. But I was like, yeah, that's him. He's just like, uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, you, it's yeah. it. Somehow he is able to be humble, even though he's raising a daughter that's a model and is, is a possibly on the Olympic jumping team, horse jumping team. Rob, how about you? How many times have you seen him? I have seen, as of this recording, I've seen him four times. And okay. I'm, I think I'm going to catch him twice on this upcoming river tour, which Very I'm really nice. excited about. 
Um, cool. But yeah, my first time was was that show in Dallas. And then uh, when he came back through, Dallas is not like a normal stop for him, no. as we've seen. And so like he kind of has to go out of his way to hit Dallas. And so yeah. uh, the next time I saw him after that was the following year. He went to Houston on the Working on a Dream Tour. I was at that one, too. Okay, so you've probably been at every show I've been at. And then the next one, actually one of the coolest things ever, my wife, Caroline, for our anniversary in 2012, got me a ticket, bought me a, a ticket and a plane ticket to go see him in the Meadowlands in on – on the wrecking ball tour, like the best gift anybody's ever. Oh given. yeah. That is amazing gift. And so, so I, I did, I flew up, um, I flew up one day. I was, I was there for like 24 hours, went to the show, like stayed at the Hampton Inn across the street from the, the MetLife stadium and then flew home the next day. So that was three. And then the fourth one was Houston a couple of years ago. I, um, he was really good at the grand Prairie devils and dust. You would have liked that show a lot where it was just, I, him. I, I'm sure I would have. I, I, I kind of, I'm sad. I would, I was not, paying attention when he came through yeah. like that. Um hopefully he's gonna do, there's rumors that he's gonna do a solo tour, you know, end of this year, maybe beginning of next year. Uh, I yeah. saw that Rolling Stone article that, you know, he has a solo project doing out. Um so obviously you guys have been friends for a while. Why don't you tell me how you guys got to be <laughs> friends and why did you decide to do a Springsteen podcast? JB, you want to take the first half of that yeah, question? Yeah, so um, my wife and I had really great youth ministers growing up, and when we first started dating, she was like, you know that if we get married, like my youth minister's going to marry us. And I said, um, I, I was thinking mine, mine might actually do that. And she goes, <laughs> no, that I mean, that's going to be a thing. I mean, this is this is also, this is on the second date that we're having this conversation. We This is what happens when people who meet at Christian camp do on their second date. They're like, we met at a, a Christian summer camp. <laughs> well, I asked her to marry me at the camp when I was 18 with a hemp ring. I said, I'm going to marry you. And I gave her this ring and, and there was this whole thing. And uh, it was, it was a whole thing. And then, so hold up JB. I've got to share. My brother talks about that members of the program, you know, third date involves a U-Haul. And he is yeah. amazed that Linda and I dated four years before we got married. So oh, you guys God. are on uh, your second date and debating on who's going to marry you. Yeah. So, and Rob was, Rob was her youth minister. Okay. And so that's, and so we were dating long distance. She was living in Dallas. I was living in, in, uh, in Tupelo, Mississippi. I just moved here when we first started dating. It was funny. I, I, uh, we went different ways after camp. She went on to do mission work all over the world. And I went on to play in a few rock bands and, uh, abuse substances <laughs> for a while <laughs> to a great degree. And so like on our first date, she was just like, Oh, you're alive. Cool. <laughs> I had heard, you know, otherwise, <laughs> Holy smokes. Not, she had not heard that I'd died, but she, she had heard that she was just like surprised when I was like a healthy human who, just, you know, could still say my name <laughs> just cause you know how rumors are at Southern at uh, yeah. summer camps when I didn't show up the next year. So yeah, it was a funny joke. I'd moved to Tupelo right before we started dating, which is a smaller town. I was living in Memphis and it, Tupelo saved my life to a degree. So, and she always says that she's super glad I moved to Tupelo or we would have never gone on that first date. <laughs> Because she had driven through the town I was living in a few years earlier, and I'd, I'd seen it on Facebook and been really sad that she hadn't contacted me. And then I thought, who are we kidding? <laughs> she wouldn't have wanted to see me. <laughs> uh, but on that first first date, she was, I was like, what have you been up to? She goes, oh, well, I just got back from um, where she had been like Romania and India and Uganda. She goes, what, what did you do last year? And I was like, well, I quit uh, doing drugs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is a lot harder than going to Uganda as a yes, it's not. Well, and the next thing she was like, "Are you were you addicted?" And I was like, oh, "I was just bored and worthless." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so anyway, so we you know we're we're dating and we have to do we you know we don't I don't we neither of us make big decisions slowly, um, and so it's you know we got like a three month window, we got a, a date, plan a wedding, get married, so we have to do some. Um, some marriage counseling. So Rob does that over uh, Google Hangout. We've probably spent more time staring at each other over a computer screen uh, than we have in person. We absolutely have. At, absolutely. at this okay. point in time, we have for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so, uh, and so that's how we first met. We, I think, our first conversation, we got into like music and Bruce Springsteen and comic books way more than we did just like me and April, the health of me and April's relationship. Yeah, your your marriage is not healthier as a result of our our our, our getting together. 
But I'm, like, I'm really glad we were able to swap stories about like comic books. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> but we're happy marriage, so we're good. Talk about how we started the podcast. Well, that all started with how we met, and now we're we just talked about. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Jesse. We're not. So the podcast was the podcast was Rob's. He was like, "Hey, are you like manic about the way you listen to music?" And also, Bruce Springsteen fan. And I was like, "You have no idea what you're getting yourself into." So. Yeah. Tell, tell them about your idea, I guess. Well, and I, I've mentioned this before, but I, uh, I started listening back in the fall of last year. I started listening to a podcast called Alphabetical, which is a, a pod. If, for those who don't know, it's a podcast where they alphabetically go through every Beatles song um, one by one. And it's a great podcast. I love it. And um, I, I, I wanted so badly for there to be more podcasts with that format. And there wasn't any. There weren't any. And so I thought and, and I got really I started getting really frustrated that no one was doing this with Bruce Springsteen. And I'm a big believer in, like, if there's something you believe needs to be in the world, it's your job to make it if nobody it. else is doing it. So, um, but I realized, like, what a huge commitment that was going to be. And so I thought, well, there's a couple of major barriers here. And the first one is, like, I need to get permission from these alphabetical guys so they don't think I'm ripping them off. So I emailed them, and uh, they got right back with me. And I, part of me was hoping they would just say, like, we'd appreciate it if you would not steal our idea. <laughs> so that I would Oh, I had this great idea, but I can't do it. <laughs> Yeah, and and so and like immediately got back. There's a guy who calls uh, his his online handle is Pete the Retailer, and so he he got me he got right back with me, and he said absolutely go for it. Just uh, give us a shout out every once in a while, and if you start, you have to finish. Like that's the one thing we ask of you. And so, um, and so I thought, okay, well that's a lot of pressure. So and then the next thing was like, but I don't know anybody who would do this podcast with me. Like who who's going to be willing to do that? And so I I, I remembered. Like at some point during the day, I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember JB was kind of into Bruce," and so, uh, and so I messaged JB thinking like, "No way, anybody's gonna want to do this." And he he messaged me right back and he said, "Yeah, it sounds like fun." So we it sort of, yeah. So that that was and and we got some podcast equipment. I made I made the master list, and uh, we just started recording them. You know, this is similar to me. I, I was looking for a Springsteen podcast and I couldn't find any. And mm-hmm. you know, we talked about Lynette Corella. She had interviewed quote-unquote celebrities about their Bruce and I was like um, when I went to Nashville one of my highlights of 2014 was saw the Dallas show drove to Nashville and then saw him in Houston so I saw three shows in 30 days and I drove days out as it were yes so I went to Nashville (laughs) and I was meeting some people that I had known just through Twitter yeah and my wife's like aren't you afraid I'm like, okay, well, I'm meeting all females. Shouldn't they be afraid of me? You know, and and it was just wonderful. I mean, we 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 met before the night before the show, and we you know we shared broke bread and we we're beverages. Dull, dull um, it was some Italian place uh, that was there in Nashville. I don't remember where. It was okay. near the venue, and I had a great time. Bridgestone. Yes. And so I was like, this is a lot of fun. And so you start following all these Bruce Springsteen fans on Twitter and you go, people have a Bruce story. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I feel like part of my job is to get that out because, uh, you know, there are people because of Bruce's music that have, you know, fought cancer, deal with death, divorces. And I have a lady that we were on a few um months ago oscar's angels she had a nephew that died as an infant and they now she's from france and they raise money to help parents that have with terminally ill children and no retreat no surrender is their kind of theme song and you know and so and i'm sure other bands have that same kind of devotion but I don't care about the other bands. I care about Bruce. <laughs> That's right. Okay, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to keep doing it as long as people want to talk to me. So far, it seems to be, you know, I'd love for more downloads, but I'm getting there. You know, yeah. it's pretty good. And it's and like I tell my wife, if one person listens to it, I don't care because I had fun. Yeah. That's kind of our, I think, our point of view as well. I like, was shocked when, like, more than two people had downloaded it. For real. Th- yeah. 
Well, I shocked. I, I started. I, I mean, one of the things that was appealing to me in starting this is that I felt like we can kind of just do it for fun and we can keep right. a low profile. And because I, as a as a pastor, like one of the things you deal with a lot is like people having like complaints and like right. you, you end up, you end up dealing with people on their sometimes on their very worst day. And a lot of times they're cr- very critical of you very specifically. And so I thought, well, like I'll do this, and this can just sort of be my outlet where I can do something fr- fun that no one has any sort of like major opinions on but man i tell you what the longer we do this the more i realize like there's there's some listeners out there who are way more intense than anybody who goes to my church you know (laughs) that's one of the things i love about your podcast is you guys aren't saying this is the definite rating this is two guys who love music who love bruce and we're telling what we think about the song yeah. Except for our rating of the Jersey Devil. That's an emphatic. Okay. Yes. That's rating. true. That's in stone. Yeah. That's we put a, that. We sent that yeah. to Rolling Stone. We're yeah. like, yes. just lock it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't need to discuss this anymore. Absolutely. Well, we and, can and put it, it to bed. And there was a fear for me. Like, I really don't want to be like, I don't want us just to gush over songs that we don't like just because we want to be like diehard fans. So I wanted us to be as critical as possible, but also favor, you know, we want to, we want to, obviously right. this is someone we care, who, whose music we care a lot about. So we want to be positive about it. But at the same time, once you run across like a night with the Jersey devil, you're like, this can't stand, you know, mm-hmm. we, we can't, I, I will not be silent here. But like, we've said it a couple of times already on the, on the, our, our podcast, which is like, if somebody out there is listening and like, this is the song that changed your life. That's great. That's just, it's not the song that changed our life. Sometimes write it and write in and tell us about it. Oh well, yeah, and, yeah. And nobody has yet, but yeah. Well, and you and I talked about, I recognize Jungle Land's greatness. I recognize uh-huh. it is an epic poem, but it has no emotional connection to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Better Days, on the other hand, I think is in a lot of ways my philosophy of life that you're enjoying life now. You, mm-hmm. you can't wait for your life to begin. So it is a song that I'm sure that other Bruce people may go, ah, eh, it's okay. But to yeah. me, it is a powerful message of, you know, focus on right here and now and, and understand that we're only given one life for now. We will have a life everlasting. At least I believe so. You know, I don't care whether you guys like it or not. I'm still going to feel that way. Now, I may argue with you. Yeah. I may go, oh, no, you, but I'm not going to say you didn't understand it. I'm just going to tell right. you why I like it so much. Yeah. I have a friend who feels like it's his job to convince you not to like things that you like. Like I like very specifically, like I remember I saw Boyhood yeah. and I loved that movie. I loved it so much. And um, I was talking to this guy and he was like, oh, man, if we had more time, I would tell you why you shouldn't like that movie. And I'm like, why does that have to be your job? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, why, no. why, why is why is my joy level threatening to you? And why do you need to like knock it down a couple of notches? Don't be Eeyore to my Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Just, you know, and, and I don't understand that. I don't understand people who feel like it's their job to make you like something less than you already do. And so yeah. that, that's why I love it when Especially people... Especially Linkletter, man. I know. Come on now. Just, in, just enjoy the everyday, yeah, the everyday yeah. joy in Linkletter. So the, much. The good. beauty and the pain. Exactly. It's human yeah. life. And, you know, if somebody doesn't like something that I, don't, that I do like, that's fine. But I don't... I don't like, I'm kind of with you, Jesse. I'm like, don't... Like, why do you feel like you need to tell me why I shouldn't like a thing that I like? Like, yeah. um, I mean, we're, we're going to get to a song... I mean, we could even talk. I, I'll just go ahead and say it. Uh, the song "Dream Baby Dream." I know that's like a you love that song, right? Like you played it on your E Street. Uh, yeah, you're, you're the boss. I, I can't stand that song, but I'm certainly not going to tell you that you sh- you're wrong for liking that song because somebody needs to like that song because he made it, you know. So, anyway, that that winds me up. I can't stand it when people are like, "You shouldn't like that." Don't be the per- like taste police. You guys will understand this even more than a lot of my audience, but every comic book is someone's first comic book. And when Uh, you write a comic book, you need to remember that. And so when I see people complaining about, oh, I can't believe he's doing Waiting on a Sunny Day again. And I'm like, first off, I like Waiting on a Sunny Day. I'm sorry. It's not the greatest song, but I think it's fun. It's delightful. Yeah. And and I think Bruce has a burning desire to be a grandfather. (laughs) And I think that's why he brings the kid on stage and he likes doing that. Yeah. But I've had people. Oh, do we got to hear Badlands again? You know what? There's some yeah, guy <laughs> that ha- there's some guy or gal that has never seen Bruce live, mm-hmm. right? And they want to hear Badlands, and they want to sit there and pump their fist and go, oh, you know, yeah. And yeah. they want to hear him do Born to Run, and, and 
so if you've seen him a dozen times or 200 times, take your cynicism out and see it from an eye of someone who's never seen him before. Yeah. Yeah, Man, and, I need you to tell me that every morning when I wake up. <laughs> well, just download Set Lusting Bruce. Yeah, yeah there we go. Your, yes. You're my uh, you're going to be my positivity coach. I, I try to be. I fully agree, though. Like, it's music, man. Like, we're human beings on the planet Earth listening to music right now. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what your sort of, like, faith tradition is, that's mind-blowing from any perspective. Like, that's – we're human beings listening to Bruce Springsteen. Well, and you and I yesterday, we were talking about human consciousness and like the oh miracle, the, the miracle. When we were off air, JB and I got into like all the all the things that as, as we're wont to do. Yeah, because why not? It's lunchtime. But we uh, we started talking about like, do you know what a crazy, unlikely thing it is that we are alive at the same time as Bruce Springsteen, or that we were, you know, or as um, I don't know, like name name some like we were alive at the same time as David Bowie. You know, I've heard several people be like, right, I, that's amazing. Like we were, yeah. we were we were on the planet at the same time. Come on now. And that's how unlikely is it that Bruce Springsteen was alive and that he got together with those guys and made that music? I know. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I was at Pittsburgh. Was it cloudy? Wife. It's cloudy out in Pittsburgh. It's raining It was Sorry, very in, no no no. It was interesting to see them perform. Someone brought up the fact that uh, Niels, Patty were not there when the river was recorded. I think it's fascinating to see someone at 66 re going back to something they wrote as a young man, 30, mm -hmm. and revisit. And Independence Day was not ever a favorite song of mine, but it has become now because he talked about when you're a young man, you just see where your parents have given in and they've compromised mm -hmm. and the implication is now that i'm 66 i see what i've had to compromise and what i've had to do i, I think you guys are going to love the show and it'll be very interesting i'm really excited wait. about it yeah. yeah i've never i've never gotten to see him do a full album i know like um a couple of tours ago he was like yeah. basically rotating through like born in the usa and darkness and right and born to run and uh, I've always thought, like, man, that would be great just to sit in a room and watch him do a full album. And so I'm really excited he's doing that. Somebody posted, yeah, someone posted how bad Drive All Night was and just a horrible song it was. What? And, and I'm like, I love that song. I just think it's so, it was really good live. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I can understand why someone wouldn't be super into it. Just yeah. It's Eight minutes little... long. Yes, it is. Yeah. 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 But, but it, I, it's a great song. Have well, you heard we... Glenn Hansard's version of it, by the way? Oh, Glenn yeah. Hansard has a version of Drive All Night. It'll, like, really sad. it'll oh. rip your heart out of your chest. Oh, I need <laughs> to check that out. Um, I did laugh at Nashville. Someone held up a sign that says, it's my 19th birthday. Can you play the river? And I was like, oh, okay, just because it's your birthday, that's not a birthday song. You know, it's like, no. <laughs> that seems an odd request. But um, yeah. the kid, this kid was happy. It's my 19th birthday. Play the river. Oh, about speaking the... of that, do you remember at the Houston show when he pulled those two kids up to do No, no Surrender? It's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. That uh, is the definition of joy. Yes, those... I, I took a picture. I, that, that was my caption. Like, if you've ever yeah. wanted to see what joy looks like on a person's face, here it is. Yes, it, those two kids <laughs> knew every lyric. They were having such a blast. It, it just absolutely. Unreal. Uh, okay, so you know you're going to get the river. But you get the little mini set. Now, the encore is Born to Run, Thunder Road. We're going to get Rosie and, and yeah. Shout. So that little mini set, do you have a request? Do you have a song that you uh, haven't heard him do that you'd love to hear him do? I'm going to make Rob have a sign that says, play Balboa Park. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shout out to a future episode. That's a future okay. episode. <laughs> Like, what's the saddest, most depressing? Please play Battle Park. Well, I wanted to, spider. and and I'm way too well, lazy, but I wanted to cut out a cardboard sword from High Hopes. This is your sword, because yeah. oh, I really yeah. like that song. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I thought that'd be good shtick. Like, hey, look, see, this is your sword, Bruce. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what is there one you want to hear besides? besides I really want to hear. Uh, I really want to hear "Ain't Good Enough for You," just because, like. I mean, like, are, are there live versions of that just floating around out there? No. It is when when I bought The Promise, that was 
the number one song that I loved. And oh. when he was doing it, I'm like, oh, I want this, I want this. I guess he did it in this this caravan. You know, they did a little special promotion. I have quoted you guys all the time. You had Ain't Good Enough on the shelf, and you picked Ain't Got You. Yes. You had it's, – it's the same A. Okay, Bruce. Yeah. I mean, you know, just – It's a bad decision. Yeah, yeah. bad decision. Not, not I, I would love moment. to hear that song too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'd, also like to, I'd also like to hear Wrecking Ball or We Take Care of Our Own. I think you got a good yeah. chance of hearing Wrecking Ball. He's been playing yeah. that a lot. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah, I bet he has. Yeah. Or uh, Be True is another deep cut I'd like to hear. Uh, okay. And Sandy. Just I want to see the live. I want to see the band just pull that one together live. Oh, that would be great. And also 10th Avenue Freeze Out. I want to just make the list. I want to make yeah. a set list. I'm you know, <laughs> there are, right, there are fantasies of going, okay, if I win the lottery and if I can convince Bruce I will give all this money to charity, will you come play for me and my friends and I'll give you the set list I want? <laughs> How oh, much wow. money would it take, right? I'm sure I'm sure there's a dollar amount where you could make that happen. Yes, absolutely. I bet there is. For sure. And, yes. and then your nickname could be the assistant manager because he's the boss. Yes, oh, indeed. Oh, no, nice. I like <laughs> that's that. That's good. Assistant, too. Yeah, yes. Middle Rob, management. How about you? I mean, Atlantic City is one of my favorites, and yeah. I've never once seen him do it live. Uh, I love, I love the sound of it live. So I would, I would really like to see that. JP's not going to love this, but uh, Brilliant Disguise, I would, mm, I would no. absolutely. And he's done it a couple of times on this tour, so I'm, okay. I'm hoping, I'm hoping we'll draw that straw. And then um, a more, a little more obscure one uh, from Small Things, Big Big Things Come. You know, yeah. I love that song. Like I've been listening a lot to the the new Ties That Bind collection. And that may be my favorite track on that, like that that I didn't already sort of know before. Um, it's really great. I, I would love to hear uh, where the bands are from Ooh, that, that would collection. Be good. Yeah, I, I think that would be fun. Yeah, I, I think that would be great. Well, one one that I've always wanted to hear that I'm guaranteed to hear on this tour is Sherry yeah. Darling. Sherry, yes. Sherry Darling is one of my all time favorite songs, and he's he's doing it every night. So like, he this is, is really and exciting. I will tell you, it. The one time I saw it, it is so filled with joy and it is so exciting. Oh, You're gonna love, love it. it. Can't yeah. wait. Absolutely can't wait. Yeah, a lot. Of, a lot of my like picks would be songs that are on the river. Yeah, uh, and he's doing them all. So that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I won. I win. Very nice. <laughs> all right, we're already have gone over an hour, and I appreciate you guys so much. I, I got to have you on again after you guys see him. Yeah. Maybe we can get Absolutely. together. Um, we're talking about trying to build maybe at the house of blues before the show on Dallas, you know, and kind of do a pre show podcast guys live, Ooh. but if nothing Ooh. else, maybe we can get together and talk. That'd be great. I also sure. would like to explore the spiritual side of Bruce. Yeah. How mm -hmm. can people find you guys? <laughs> still, not, still not fully on the internet yet. Uh, at, at letters Clark is where I tweet. Okay. Occasionally I, I've decided that I'm going to make an effort to, uh, reclaim my uh, presence on Twitter. And then I've got a couple of um, now defunct websites that uh, I might launch back up one day. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm, a, I'm a lot easier to find. I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. I, uh, the, I, the place I hope people will find me is uh, the church that I work for is it's called collective church and it's in Roanoke, Texas. And uh, we do a, I, I do a weekly podcast on that every week too. And, this, the Bruce Springsteen podcast gleans way more listeners than uh, my church podcast does. So uh, th thank you, listeners. So, but um, I, I really that's that's kind of my life's work. It, the, the last couple of years working for the, doing this church work, and um, I mean that's a whole other conversation. But if you're if you're interested in the spiritual kinds of conversations that maybe have or have not been influenced heavily by the music of Bruce Springsteen, then uh, I would I would love I would love for people to find me there. You can also I have a blog called robcarmackwords.com. I tweet at Rob Carmack. Or at at Rob Carmack, and um, I think I think that's it. I Where's the podcast? Uh, AlphabeticalSpringsteen.com, or you can go to iTunes and just uh, and just search for Bruce Springsteen sings the alphabet. We're, we're the first. Actually, if you search Bruce Springsteen, I think we're the first podcast that comes up, just because we use the full the full name. But you, and uh, if you use Overcast, you can also download it on oh, right. Bruce Springsteen sings the alphabet there as well on your mobile device or yeah. any other podcasting service. And you can. If you wanna, if you wanna go on and submit a comment and tell us about how wrong we are about uh, a night with the Jersey Devil or whatever, then please feel free. There's a contact page. You can send us a direct message, and uh, we, we do, 
There, and you, or you can leave us an iTunes review, and someone did, and even they gave us a five star review, but we they pointed out a mistake that we made. We do in a future episode we correct the mistake. So oh, please okay, keep listening, yeah, very yeah. nice. I, I named the wrong person in the Born to Run CD cover just flippantly. <laughs> I was just looking at the CD cover, not the big picture, like the whole record sleeve. Yeah, and I, I was like, you know, he's leaning on little Steven. No, he's leaning on Clarence. I know. I yeah, know. we we got a little hell for that. I imagine <laughs> you were. I lost a lot of sleep, guys. <laughs> yeah, I lost a lot of sleep. I had. Um, how much joy did you get out of your book, Lost in the Flood? That there was a pun. Wow, you did your homework. Yeah, yes. I, I I very specifically named that book after that song. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote for uh, for those who don't know what uh, what Jesse's talking about. I wrote an ebook a couple of years ago all about the story of Noah and kind of exploring it from like a sociocultural theological point of view, not just like it's a floating zoo. And, uh, and so I kind of dug into some of the more controversial things about that story in, in the book of Genesis, but I named the book lost in the flood. Great book. And right after, hey, thanks, man. right after it came out, I was in charge of teaching children's church at our church and we were studying Noah. And I was like uh, a more nuanced uh, point of the story here, children, if you'll listen up. Yeah. And April's like, cool it, man. It's a zoo on a boat. <laughs> yeah, there's giraffes and monkeys and stuff, and it's great. Yeah, draw your pictures. Um, but it, the, and the reason I even wrote it is because my wife and I are in the in the process of adopting a child, and so we're trying to raise money for that. And so the book was a promotional tool to try and uh, raise a little bit of money. And I mean, JB bought a copy, so that helped. Well, good. <laughs> I will have to get a copy too and read it. And I'd love I'll, to hear your thoughts on it. I'll add a link to where they can get a book uh, on the podcast um, oh, notes as well. Absolutely. If you want to be in the podcast and talk about Bruce and all that implies, please send an email to setlustingbruce at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page and we have a Twitter account at setlustingbruce. Please check that out. I also appreciate you going to iTunes to rate and review us and subscribe. This really does help people find us. I don't get to be the first one when you search Bruce Springsteen podcast. I'm so like sorry. 20th or 30th. Rob but worth, JB. But worth looking for. Can I just say? Thank worth, you yeah, very absolutely much. Absolutely worth the deep dive. Yes. Uh, Rob JB, this was a blast. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Well, yeah. And Jesse, you are, I, I need to say, you are a very generous soul. And like you go on, you leave you leave good reviews. You're very positive. You're very encouraging. I think share you, the. Podcast link every day. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you you have uh, you have the gift of encouragement, and so I for uh, sure. I'm, well, I'm very grateful for that. Thank, thank you. you. Well, you know, we take care of our own, and nice. uh, and I go back to <laughs> yes, Boom. it it's goes like, back to yeah. I just think it's important. You guys have been kind enough. You guys going to work out sometime on lunch where I'm going to be able to join you. I would love that. Yeah, I, I think that would be so much fun. I don't think we can do Dream Baby Dream without you. I think. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. I think really if nothing coaching. else, that yes. Yeah. Um. So we appreciate it, guys. It's all right. Here, I'll 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 recite some lyrics. Okay. That? I've got the fortunes of heaven in diamonds and gold. Wait, is that? Am I getting it right? <laughs> I got the fortunes of heaven in diamonds and gold. <laughs> I, can't, I can't stand that. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Jesse. We just put it in the. In the no, that is perfect. <laughs> I, I'm just going to end with keep hope alive. Now, some want to die young man, young and gloriously. Get it yeah. straight now, mister. Hey, buddy, that ain't me. Because I got something on my mind that sets me straight and walking proud. And I want all the time, all that heaven will allow. Amen, sir. Amen, Amen Reverend sir. Jesse Jackson. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah. Hey, do you have your sleep number yet? I do not yet. So there actually is a podcast tie-in. And my lovely bride said, okay, you're really podcasting a lot. I have to go to the bedroom because where you podcast. So I either need you to get the laptop and go into the guest room so I can right. watch TV in the living room because our bed really sucks. Well, how about I buy a new mattress? <laughs> She goes, you buy a new mattress, you can podcast anytime you want. So that's why we're getting a <laughs> sleep number bed. <laughs> I'm talking about. Very yeah, nice. so very good. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.